My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. I'm Ben. And I'm Josh. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars, and especially today, we are going to be talking about Chapter 18 of The Mandalorian Season 3. Full spoilers, just to let you know, if you haven't watched Chapter 18, massive spoilers are about to be talked about. Oh yeah, it's about to break it down. (laughs) Hang on, Ben, I'm just going to be hanging What's cool. that noise? <laughs> <laughs> cool. So anyways. Uh, <laughs> oh, wasn't me. So before we get started, though, we do want to thank our awesome, loving, supportive patrons. Starting with the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, and Zach Metzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, Texas Vader 76, and on the black tier, we have Maka Tawatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Thank you so much for your love and support. And we will see some of you guys in London in less than a month. Yeah, I just got my, I like, I, I keep telling people, and people are like, you were cutting it close, but my passport just came in today. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super excited. I can't believe it's, it's like almost here it's josh's first one so um that last one for a few years actually yes because celebration is not happening until 2025 uh but something else as well which it hasn't been officially announced but it's definitely hinted at that apparently there's not going to be a lottery system <laughs> wow it's it's finally your your time colin yes <laughs> the one thing yeah. you've been waiting for so, your whole life. so it's it, it it has not been officially announced yet um they normally say it uh in the actual thing where they announce the panels but they didn't um i'm correct on that david right uh we're not quite sure on that because yeah. uh they might announce it later on but the way the lottery system worked was we all had our badges, right? And we had right. to like use a QR code. So it won't work for us technically because we got to pick up all of our badges that we'll call, right? The day of. Uh, I actually just saw a thing where they were shipping them out. So you might be getting yours. No, um, they're not. Getting, no, they don't ship out internationally. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we got to pick all of ours up at will call. Yeah. So then, then that might be what's going on then. So they might wait on, on on until the day before, and then they go in. But I could see them not doing the lottery system this year because they don't have that many people going. They have a lot of tickets that are still on sale. See, so. I'm not sure about that either. It still feels like a lot of people are going. Mm. And the XL Center, I don't think, has a, a bigger room than what the Anaheim Convention Center had. But then again, they only kind of like a third fill up or maybe even a fourth of that arena. And then there's all those empty seats. I don't know. It, it's kind of a confusing It'll be interesting time. to see what the turnout is because it is in the UK. I, like, I don't know if that allows for more people from other walks of the globe to be able to come. 
instead of just only being primarily from the U.S. But I don't know what the influence of Star Wars is in different countries is comparatively to the U.S. Because I, I definitely know, like, in besides from being from New Zealand, like, Star Wars is not nearly as heard of as it is in the States. So it's going to be interesting to see the turnout for it in the U.K. Yeah, I'm a part of a couple of groups out there, and a lot of people are saying that I'm coming from this part of the world, that part of the world, Scotland, Ireland, Germany. Yeah. No. France, and it's like uh, like a pretty close, not too far trip for those people. So they definitely are going to show up. Um, I remember back in 2016 when Gwendolyn Christie hosted one of the panels, um, that big tragedy happened in France. And as she was starting up the panel, someone just got up and started singing the French national anthem, and everyone just like stopped and started clapping for him, you know. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of of different nationalities there. And I think as Josh knows that London is a very, very um, kind of different populous city with a lot of different visitors from every part of the corner of the globe. So there should be uh, all kinds of languages spoken there, more, more diversity than any other celebration we've been to. And um, yeah, it's going to be super yeah. exciting. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's, let's talk about the episode because there's a lot of mixed reviews on it right now where people are like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then the other people are, are saying, oh, it, it it wasn't that good. It was mid. I think I think <laughs> I think I DM gave it a five. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I was like a five. Oh. A five? Really? Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I, I gave it a nine. I, I thought it was really great and and mob rules agrees great episodes today this maybe episode, talk about our podcast because i think we did like three podcasts last night <laughs> um, yeah he's I, saying ign gave mando like yeah, a five yeah i it's 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 crazy because I, I i saw that and i was like do you see what guys, the main reason was is um no 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 they criticism was they didn't even like say it they're just kind of like it for me it's a five yeah like they uh they got the no, intern rating it yeah, <laughs> he was subscribing like, to too much um, Andrew Tate. Yeah, he was so like, "Mando is demasculinized, bro. Come on, man." <laughs> Hang on. The uh, there, there. See, I have a problem with this. Mob Rule says IGN. Oh, okay. Get off. No, that, that sounds that sounds exactly like IGN with the, the whole too much water. <laughs> the <laughs> decent TV for God's sakes. Watch the, it in the dark. darkness of the minds of Mandor might have been meant to establish a, a horror mood, but it makes the fights nearly unwatchable and dulls the impact of the emotional conversations. It's, it's focused and nostalgia. Did they watch it with the sun and on their questionable like... visual blunts? <laughs> what should have been a far more powerful moment for the series? I, I, were they just watching like, like over at their studio where they have the lights just, just aiming <laughs> at the TV? <laughs> because I didn't have any problem watching it. I sat there. Yeah. I, yeah, I have no idea what that comment's about, but I think, um, yeah, that's. That's very interesting uh, because I love the episode. I thought the episode was great and it's huge. It is huge for the people of Mandalore. Like th this uh, episode was very important, especially at the end, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah, I just want to point out that uh, 
we are streaming to Twitch as well. We're getting more Twitch viewers for the podcast. Yeah. And we have Ray Quaz appeared with a couple of uh, Grogu emojis. <laughs> nice. Which looks pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, the thing that I'm... Um, the thing that I was kind of worried about this episode was I thought... Um, I thought that we were not going to go for some reason. I thought we weren't going to go um, and we would just spend our time in Tatooine, which we did end up going to Tatooine in this one, but it was only for like five seconds and they didn't even leave like the actual, like the normal set of, 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 of where we see the Peli and the droids. Yeah. The cloated around is uh, pointing back to celebration. So stoked that celebration live is happening. Hopefully we get some panels streamed as well. Did they stream panels in 2022, Anaheim? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not until later, not until after. Uh, but was were those like official streams, or were those just people with their cameras in the audience? Th- th- those were official streams. Be uh, because I remember getting on the yeah. plane and I saw like they actually had the episode. Um, uh, they actually had the uh, um, the, like logo in the bottom corner. Yeah, and, and like the they were intro. Yeah, okay. F- because they did the lucasfilm um panel they didn't show any of the footage from that you know for obvious reasons but they definitely um did show that but now i'm curious about the lottery system and just how and and how they're planning on doing that if people can't go and actually get their tickets to the mail yeah i I think at least one of us will get in oh yeah for sure just ask josh to use a new zealand charm there please (laughs) please <laughs> and yeah, quoted around said IMDb had a user rating of eight point seven. So interesting stuff. Yeah. But without further ado, let's jump into this. Redemption. Look at the recap. We see the dome city, I believe, of Sundari being fusion ray bomb. No of course, this is the recap. You, you guys just want to skip the recap, or you want? To yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's skip it. We know what happened last week, and if you don't, go and check out our episode of The Breakdown. There you go. That's right. I plugged right, ourselves. This, <laughs> this is very, very interesting because we're back on everyone's favorite planet. Oh, gosh, bro. <laughs> I, like, scream side when this came on, eh? <laughs> no! <laughs> I, was... I was so worried the whole episode was going to be here. Well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. They, I'm I'm not gonna lie. They actually did hint at. Um, Go talk to Bobo. Uh, it's like no. They did. Uh, they did hint at. Um, there was pod racing going on, but we didn't get to see any, and that really bummed me out. And but, some people are calling those speeders the pods, but no, they're speeders from A New Hope. Yeah, that we see just like 
kind of going on the track and one of them hits like the side mm. and like stalls out. And then we see another speeder doing donuts off to the side as well. It's just a nostalgia cesspool there, man. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah, they're all just pumped. Yeah. Yeah. It's boom to Eve. And, villainy. and we see a uh, Han shot first here with the robes on oh. talking to Pelimoto. And we find out that Pelimoto is a scammer. She is a, uh, Having Jawa yeah. steal this Rodian's parts and then selling them back to this Rodian. Speaking that beautiful Jawa. Maybe <laughs> one of those Jawas was her ex and she just felt bad or something. <laughs> yeah, we do know that uh, two of those Jawas um, are Leilani Shu and Ariel Shu. That's very I cool. met Leilani a couple weekends ago in San Antonio. And we have R5D4 making his uh, cameo appearance. We saw him in the trailer. And he looks to uh, play a prominent, uh, prominent role here. And of course, we see the scamming happen with the Jawas entering the frame. And uh, this shot right here, <laughs> Pelimoto's missing a tooth, and uh, she actually got that tooth knocked out in the Book of Boba Fett, if we all remember. I do I... like how it's going no. back to that. Um... The whole thing about them being like, hey, you know, we're going to have our, our the, the, the whole toys thing where they're like, you, you have your older brother's toys and you have like the the handy mat, hand me down ones that he doesn't want to play with. So we're getting all these uh, these little references. And of course, having uh, our new droid friend coming along with us, I'm like, yep, that would have been a, a toy that would have been like, I'm not going to play with this. I'm going to play with R2. So you can you can play with this one. So I, I do find it really funny uh, having him be the prominent droid now for the crew. I um I was very happy when they brought R5 all the way back in uh in season 1 because first off I wasn't expecting it but now seeing him get more of that um just more screen time and just for all the type of glitches he like he he gets and everything is super funny uh but seeing him being used as like the prime Mary Droid was super, super cool to see. I still would have loved if they made a joke about him being able to use the Force. <laughs> like she tries to sell it to him and she's just like, well, I mean, this droid could uh, use the Force. Yeah. I would have loved that. <laughs> oh, I was also surprised that they didn't really give... Uh, again, I think it's something that they should have done, but I think they should have gave some type of hint to the Book of Boba Fett because some people going in never watched that show, like you know there are those people that did not watch the Book of Boba Fett. So going into this and then being like, wait, how did she lose a tooth? And what's going on with Boba Fett and stuff like that? So I think they should definitely hint at the events of the Book of Boba Fett, at least so then people can be like, wait, there's a show, and then you go and watch the show. I think they kind of did that for kind of like the normal audience. Uh, they made it so you didn't necessarily have to watch the Book of Boba Fett in a way because they showed stuff in the recap and the armor speech. And then yeah. the armor did the same speech again at the beginning of the season. So I don't know. It's... There's also how uh, at the end of season two, Grogu goes away with Luke. But then Mando just has his throwaway line of, oh, he left, but he's back now. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, sort of the, yeah. the gist of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
That's true. I do feel like we never really got the the aspect of how long they were actually apart from each other. Because, mm. I mean, I feel like for people who didn't watch Boba or, I mean, it's just like, hey, he's back. Like, it's understandable that, like, yeah, he's back now. Pe- normal people can just watch it if they just love Mando. And that's the kind of thing that they're only going to watch from Disney+. Plus. But I, I feel like that is a kind of like an important thing. And I, I think it actually shows a lot in this episode of how much uh, Grogu's grown through his Force abilities. So I'm kind of like, yeah, it's been actually like over a year. So <laughs> it's it's interesting seeing them and seeing what his new uh, abilities are. Yeah, uh, he puts one on display right here when he leaps out of the N1 Starfighter into Pelimoto's arms there. And she says, uh, who taught you to leap like a Lerman? So, yeah, we get to see more powers from baby Grogu there. And... Dinjarin explains that he's back for the chip for the IG-11 droid. And he discovers that it's Boonta Eve. And we see a nice shot of the Rodian speeder there that he's trying to get fixed. And it's interesting here because we actually hear a human speak Jawaese, which is kind of jarring. <laughs> but yeah, this shot we have Leilani Shu and Ariel Shu. And I don't know who the other Jawa is. We're also seeing them wear sashes. Um, we're seeing them wear sashes that we never really seen them wear before. Good yeah, I think is. that's for the Boon to Eve celebration. Probably yeah. they probably got uh, kind of like Mardi Gras got beads thrown at them. I don't know what they had to do to get them, but okay. <laughs> so uh, moving along here, um, we kind of get the dialogue between Pelimato and the Jawas. Uh, spelunking. I, I thought this was kind of a curious thing to. It, it's a. I think the first time I ever heard this was I heard the I've heard the word before in school, but to actually hear someone say it, you heard it. I think Batman Begins. I, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, because I I, I I was gonna be like I mean I kind of knew what it was, but you're right. I didn't really hear it and, and, until that until that movie when uh, when. Lucius Fox is is talking to Bruce Wayne. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. all right, cool. But yeah, I haven't heard it since then, since like you know, and, and, until until the show. So, but there's our five in his glory. Yeah, and surprisingly, they give him a very very like cowardly personality. I I always thought our five before was very brave, but they're building on his character here and, and make him very scared of everything. And then Pelimoto basically lies about his history and kind of his general personality, really. But she uh, loves Dinjarin and uh, wants to be friends with him and kind of starts making deals to uh, use the R5-D4 astromech droid instead of trying to hunt down that part for IG-11 and just to use him to uh, kind of scout Mandalore. And she offers a free oil bath as well. And it's I'm... funny. It's funny that in A New Hope, that same panel that pops off pops off here as well. I also still think it's funny that he planned on getting IG Eleven to Mandalore. I'm just curious of how he was going to do that because he doesn't have a big ship anymore. So how was he going to fit like him onto his ship? Like would they do what they've been doing in the Lego Star Wars game? 
where they end up having like a crate in behind. He gets in the crate and then they just kind of do like a <laughs> tow truck type Towing thing. Him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just strap him to the hood. It'll yeah. match the frame. So, yeah, they put R5D4 in the back. They take off the bubble and uh, Peli Mato modifies the uh, N1 Starfighter there. And uh, they're off to the races, off to Mandalore. And New Lego set. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Pelimoto says, uh, I wouldn't rely too much on this one. It's circ- circuitry is a little fragile. And then, of course, we see the uh, awesome engines rev up and Mando take off. And this was the scene from the trailer that we got the fireworks. Yeah. If I can go back there. thought that was a pretty cool shot. Everyone thought this was going to be Navarro, but it ended up being... Everyone's favorite planet, Tatooine. I was still hoping it was going to be Galaxy's Edge in some way. I, I don't know. I was just hoping it was going to be the planet of Batu. I know Josh and I are kind of holding our, like, uh, we are holding our breath on that. Please! <laughs> <laughs> because just seeing that live action, I'm telling you, is just going to put a lot in, in, in perspective. And it's going to hype up the land even more. So just do it. Just do it, like for a quick second. If it's just him stopping by to put some no, no, gas in the car, fun, and yeah, like just do it. And we get the main title, "The Minds of Mandalore," which of course reminds us of the Minds of Moria. If you're a certain fan of a certain franchise, and we see the planet. What's the name of this planet, Colin? Moria. Yes. <laughs> and we see Planet Moria here on approach. And here's a little scene where Din Jaren kind of explains the the gauges and how to I read maps this. and how it's important that a Mandalorian reads maps, which is total foreshadowing. There. And he points out the moon that he grew up on, which is Concordia. So... Concordia and Concord Dawn are two different moons, right? Yes. Okay. So do we know exactly how many moons orbit Moria? Uh, let me look. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I, I really like about this, but I don't know how general public will respond with, is I feel like they're really trying to push Grogu's intelligence from being just a small baby to being like, in and of his own and i they've been showing a lot more of just having like didn't teach him and i remember like watching it in the the first episode and i was kind of a little confused i was kind of like is he really gonna understand any of this can he really be like you know a a mandalorian because i feel like a lot of people were thinking that as well but it, it definitely in later in the episode when um, you'll see it later. But uh, he he's definitely growing in his ability and intelligence to be able to help throughout uh, the series. So and I, I don't know how pe- normal people will react to that. And I think it was is something that, you know, how everyone's like marketing and he has to stay a baby forever. And he's like, you know, he's 50, but he's going to stay baby brain forever. And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like that that's going to eventually get played out. So I feel I'm I'm happy that we're going in this direction for Grogu. Oh, it's even even shown in his ability to start almost not necessarily forming words, but at the beginning phases of of sort of babbling out things. Yeah, he's he's definitely talking a lot more, which is yeah. pretty cool. He's not just cooing all the time. Yeah. 
I agree. And here we see the gauges, the Naboo cockpit with uh, the, the Nubuian or the Nubuian language. Nubian, right? Nubian, yeah. <laughs> you see a nice little close-up of Grogu. I like to look at Grogu's eyes and see the reflection, if they got the reflection right. And you see the three lights in his eyes, so yeah, they got the uh, reflection of the cockpit, right? Some clowns. And they go through what kind of resembles what Luke went through on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back. They go through a, a huge storm, which I was thinking, oh man, they're going to run through the storm. It's going to be like all wet and rainy. It's going to be dark, possibly, which I really don't have a problem with, but they actually go Some through people. it. <laughs> they go right through it and they see the surface of the planet. What used to be desert is all turned to glass via the Empire. Of course, a nice another nice shot of the cockpit there. And the descent down. They land, and uh, Din Djarin wants to send out R5-D4 as a scout to analyze the atmosphere to see if it's visible. <laughs> He's like, no, I ain't, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, R5 is, is super scared, doesn't want to do it. I do like the I appreciate animation. The, I appreciate how when they do send him out, how they just sort of they they just sort of allow him allow him to take his time to really build up that uh, <laughs> that tension, sort of set up the tone for the episode of, of, of a bunch of suspense. Really, I I quite like that. <laughs> Hits the eject button. Boop. I like that. So yeah, it goes out. Goes around the uh, corner there, very patiently, like Ben said, and heads around the corner. And they track them. They're able to track them via whatever Nubian sonar is built into the N1 Starfighter. And he disappears, and there's no communication. And before this, actually, when they were heading down, Dinjarin described the fact that the uh, the magnetic poles or whatever of the planet affected by the big battle so comms will not work when you're on the surface to any other nearby system so it's only them it's only them they're all by themselves and that shot of him like kind of walking off the ship that was definitely um from the trailer yeah and him also talking about how he's going to air seal his helmet and you hear kind of the uh, the breathing aspect of that. Mm -hmm. And this is a bit that I think we had in the trailer. So these are officially the minds of Mandalore. Too dark. Five out of ten. Too dark. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we see the uh, Ballyhooed Civic Center, which do we? <laughs> 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 and then you hear creatures growl and we have what appears to be creatures from uh, the time machine film so <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was that these used to i'm i mean i i know this isn't correct at all but the the thing that popped in my head was that these creatures were kind of human at some point and then just with from the bombing and all the chemicals and um and and everything maybe it took 
it kind of mutated them. So, I wouldn't doubt it because they also have that weird like flying bat that's down here and it has yeah. the exact same eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I thought it was going to be like that. And from here, it, it looks like they have like that kind of normal human hair too. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then we later discover that that these creatures have lived in the outskirts um, uh, of the capital for years. And then after it bombed, then they all kind of came in. But I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I don't think we've seen these creatures in any type of legacy material. So these are like brand new kind of creatures that have never been in anything before. And they have the horns on the side of their heads, a lot like the uh, Mythosaur logo that we've seen forever. But it's interesting that they got four eyes, four nostrils, very uh, Avatar-like. The creatures of uh, Pandora. So moving ahead here, Dinjarin defeats those creatures and uh, finds R5 on his back. And then he makes the approach back. R5-D4 shows the scan of the atmosphere and shows that the air is actually breathable. And Dinjarin says uh, Bo-Katan was right. That um, it wasn't cursed. Or do I have that backwards? It's strange because I mean they, they say Yeah, they, they it said that the planet is toxic, but they don't really clarify if they mean the air is toxic, and then they act like yes, the air is toxic, and then of course Dinjarin here is acting like the air is toxic, but he wants to verify first. That's what why he wanted the IG droid back and running. But R five D four did his job, and I guess he goes back up in the N one Starfighter. And just kind of waits. And Grogu gets back in his uh, new and improved pram. And they head down to the mines. So they head up to a cliff edge here. And the Mandalorian utilizes his jetpack in a pretty cool way as a kind of a coast all the way to the bottom like floating type of different scene that I don't think we've seen in live action I think we've seen it in animation but yes and this is something that I definitely want to talk about because seeing it like this is so sad but also it's so cool to finally see it in live action because I remember watching the Clone Wars growing up and just seeing the whole capital this this glorious place and it was beautiful and everything and now seeing a live action it's great but it's really really sad um because yep. i wish we had the opportunity which reminded flashback of seeing it in its full glory so yeah uh rebel craft says uh haha lighting two out of ten so. <laughs> you know honestly knowing them and and what disney plus has been doing it's an easy edit to fix it like th- honestly they they keep on changing a whole bunch of like to, to fix vfx a lot through disney plus so i wouldn't doubt that they would just go back to this and be like 10% lighter. If everyone's major complaint of this episode is only because it's too dark, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. doubt that they just go back and enhance it. That's yeah. definitely like a flashback to the to the big fight that they had in Game of Thrones and everyone just complained about it because <laughs> it was so dark on, uh, on, on screen. Yeah, I think the Game of Thrones stuff was way darker than this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
100 percent at least they have flashlights in this <laughs> yeah even on the pram <laughs> i do like something about this episode of him uh traveling to uh, the living waters and the difference between having the two sides of what a mandalorian means and it all culminating down to this uh living waters piece and yeah, I think they're both wrong and both right when it comes to what's actually in there. So yeah, another shot from the trailer. Din Djarin picks up a, a Mando helmet that looks to be burnt by the fusion rays. And of course, whoever was in it was disintegrated. Okay. And then this shot right here. We've got this giant Damn. spider crab thing. How long do you think it was just sitting there and waiting? <laughs> like I was thinking that, eh? Yeah. I don't long. know because you have all those other creatures down there as well, and I, these guys seem differentiated between each other. So I I don't know. For all I know, that this probably could have been the exact same. Like like that, I mean, could have had like a scanner and noticed him noticed Mando actually landing in the area and just sort of laying in wait because it sort of realized oh there's someone here. I don't think we got any species name for this. I um, and this species is not just like the body of it; it's just in in like the head area, and it looks like it's only got one eye. And for some reason, it reminded me of Doctor Who of of just the way it looked. Yeah, I, I did like really like the creature design for this. Yeah. This was really interesting on 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 their part of, of doing this. With the way that the eye is dangled as well, it looks like someone's actually cut half of their head off yeah. and crammed it in there. So it looks like it's, you know, it looks like actually yeah. half of a head. It doesn't look like it's just, a, you know, a cyclops sort of, of being. It looks like this whoever this was had two eyes before they got to where they are now. Yeah, General Grievous vibes for sure. Yeah, just, uh, just watch it be Grievous, though. They'll, they'll wreck on it. <laughs> i'll find it wait no no we we actually know it's not him because as soon as he um he picks up the dark saber he throws it away so we know it's not general grievous or excellent point colin a fine addition to my collection could you imagine if that ended up like actually <laughs> like happening oh man yeah, it's pretty cool to see Grogu walk. Then he tries to use the Force, and of course it doesn't happen. And uh, new General Grievous here hears it. And Din Djarin says, go to Bo-Katan. And this sequence is pretty cool. Jumps in the pram. We can get that one shot. <laughs> zips off, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jumps in that new pram. Zips off. So... I was thinking about this. How come Din Djarin doesn't have something that, like, I mean, because if he's, he's got his jetpack, right? Like, he doesn't have to, I mean, he probably has to put some type of uh, feel, like, actually into it. And when, once it runs out, but with Grogu's thing, he doesn't, you know, have to do that. So why doesn't he put it in the same technology that's in Grogu's carrier and into his jetpack? So that he's lighter weight. Oh, okay. Right, well, and we have one of these uh, lizard. Get a mega friend for him. 
Wow, it's just like Florida. It's a gator. <laughs> Again. It's like mini dragon. We had the mega turtle gator last episode. Get the small winged one this episode. I wonder what's next episode. <laughs> gator on stilts. We like find out that like half the team actually lives in Florida and they're just, you know, paying homage to Florida. Josh, don't roll your eyes. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm just trying to find funny jokes. It's a, it's a swing or a miss, man. Swing or a miss. All right. And you struck out. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, Trust both. me, I know. He's like, Ooh. not today. We get that whole little <laughs> thing that we've seen from earlier. Yeah, from the, from trailer. the trailer. So nobody was surprised. Yeah, it is funny that a lot of this episode has been from the trailers. Which is a great thing I think they do with with Disney Plus TV shows because but it's earlier stuff. Yeah, it's stuff like front loaded from the front of the season, and then mm-hmm. we have to just kind of like wonder what's going to happen the rest of the season. And they do a super great job with that. I've got my theories for the next episode, especially from the trailer footage that's left. Yeah, and Bogotan still sitting in that chair. She must be really bored. I, I I did find it funny where she's like, "I'm gonna finish him. I'm gonna I'm gonna just take it." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Nope, this ends now." And I mean, and... it is kind of foreshadowed with seeing Din still use the dark saber, and it's still obviously very weighted, and it's still not under his proper control. Whereas we see later in the episode of uh, what Bo Katan can do with it. So, yeah. Yeah, and this whole like sequence in this episode kind of flies in the face of the theory that I had that Bo-Katan was trying to set up Din Djarin to go to Mandalore and playing like a really long game for him just to like get killed by whatever's down there. But it seemed like she's genu- genuinely surprised with what they find eventually at- in Mandalore. Um, I, I, I was wondering uh, when I was watching it, it's a, a bit further on, but about the ownership of the Darksaber now because of... Uh, I can, I'll bring it up when we get to it, but uh, just because now that Mando's stuck, he's been disarmed by this creature. And then when she takes the creature down, does that mean that it's hers now? It Which, is funny that that's the part of the religion that she decides to keep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like of all yeah, the yeah. things that she does, well, I'm like, why is it that one? Well, I think it- people point back to the fact that when Sabine freely gave it to her, Mandalore pretty much got destroyed. So she didn't like keep right. the, the custom. So she kind of believes in that superstition, but she doesn't believe in any of the other superstitions for, for Mandalore. She believes what the majority believes. I think she earned the Darksaber. Like, I mean, and again, like it's been talked about, like we'll definitely talk about it more. But honestly, I think she definitely earned it if if those are the rules. Because she went out of her way even though she did have the selfish intent of being like all right i'm gonna take him down because she was annoyed by him but then she was like wait he's in trouble um i to me i think she did earn the dark saber and that honestly would solve a lot of problems uh because din probably doesn't realize it but she she like really 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 wants it so i think so you think this episode the situation in this episode is going to come up in a future episode and and din's going to be like yes you actually earned it and she's yeah. just gonna like take I, it and be I, like, I think so. Cool. Yeah. And just like stabbed in Jaren. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, hey, oh. And guess what? Now I'm the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah, it's series now. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like a Mexican standoff, and then Grogu's gonna force choker, and then he's gonna take. I don't know. But yeah, we get to see <laughs> the gauntlet here, Bo-Katan ship, for the first time, kind of in action, and we saw it parked in Mando season two. Yep. On that one planet when they were at that cantina. Then we could see it here in action. The jets fire up, the wings pull forward. And we uh, definitely the hole seen is it in, pretty big. Yeah, because of we've seen it fly in Clone Wars and uh and, and Rebels as well. It's it, it's a beautiful ship. The one that the one that Ezra was using um from Darth Maul um near the end of Rebels was super cool too. Which I hope yeah. to see that on screen like they just got it parked somewhere, and then at some point when Ezra comes back, he's like, "All right, here's my ship." Yeah, and we see uh, them flying through the same storm, and you see the uh, the wings there kind of jiggle. Ten bucks says Ezra's ships on Jakku. <laughs> oh, jeez, just wrong. <laughs> Sequels. And she sees Mandalore once again. I'll turn to glass. I feel that this episode was definitely uh, a world-building history episode for the. Do you feel like for, this would have been a for the people, for people who have never seen Mandalore? Yeah, like that. That's no. something I I wonder if people saw this and they were like, if Mandalore was such a great city, like I want to see it as a great city. And when you see him going down into these like this cavern in mines it's kind of like you you never get the full scape that, of what we've seen in the clone wars so i don't know if that's a, a a big factor it's kind of like we've been leading up to what this is and what mandalorian is for like years now so it's kind of like we've gotten to this point and i feel like that might have been a letdown for people they're like hey where's the cities and it's like we know it's been glassed it's kind of like you don't see much when you're coming through this planet. It's just rock and glass. Cool. I want, I want to see more. And I feel like that might've been a letdown for people as well. Well, I'm watching this with my partner and she doesn't really know any star Wars. I've kind of introduced her to it. Um, and this is her first time actually seeing Mandalore. And she was like, this is absolutely stunning and amazing. And she, and she said, oh, wow. I wish I could see what That's it looked cool. like before. And I was like, Oh boy, do I have the show for you? <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, she that's was really cool. impressed. So, so I was, I was quite happy to see that. I really like to hear like new fans like talk about Star Wars because it's, it's through a new lens. They have no idea about the past, and there's so much Star Wars now, and it's really interesting to hear people that don't have experience what what they comment on. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the uh, the broken. actual inside of the right cockpit, yeah, there, there's joysticks there. That's kind of interesting to pilot the gauntlet. And Bogotan heads down with their helmet on. She takes it off for a second, which I don't know why she did that, but this scene definitely reminds me from the Hobbit of, of where they walk into the lonely mountain for the first time. Um, and of, just seeing like the piles of gold and everything. Yeah. I think there's a lot of those type of preferences in, in this episode. 
Yeah, a lot of biblical stuff in this mm -hmm. season. So yeah, Bo-Katan knows her way around because she grew up here. And she has a light on her helmet, too. Oh, okay. See, as as soon as you turn on the light, I couldn't see what was going on in the show. So <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank goodness for those flashlights. So two out of ten before helmet light. Three. Eight out of, eight out of ten. <laughs> three out of three out of okay, three out of ten. It, 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 it just went up for that one because they're barely using it. And yeah, Bokutan has an interesting kind of like one-sided conversation, I guess, with Grogu since Grogu doesn't speak. And she kind of details her past with uh, working with Jedi alongside them. And the actress um, actually has uh, um, has that skill because she was doing voice acting for a bit. So when you're in those sound booths, there's times where the other actors that you're talking to in the show aren't right next to you. So sometimes you're just doing the lines by yourself. So I think she, you know did a great job with that so it wasn't just very awkward of just saying okay here's my next line here's my next line here's my next line that's a good observation there yeah and i really do like how katie sackoff like kind of her intonations with her dialogue are pretty good there was so much so much history was spoken in this episode so i was yeah super happy about that because that's something that i was hoping for and i hope that we get something with tar vizsla in the future uh because of just learning more about the history of the dark saber and maybe something that was kind of held back that we didn't know about the dark saber would be super cool but yeah and bo katan here gives us a history lesson she says those are alamites and they lived on the i think the outskirts mm-hmm of the capital for years. Yeah, the surface wastelands beyond our city. So they were surface dwellers, and then they turned into uh, bottom dwellers. So back to New Grievous. I don't know how I feel about the creature. I just don't know. Like, I mean, I, clearly it's obsessed with killing Mandalorians. We don't know why. Um, but th th there's a lot of the armor. There's a lot of the helmets just lying around. So he did something. Well, well I'm just I, curious what his species is. I th I think it's more like a vampire type creature, and I don't think it really matters if they're Mandalorian or not. We're about to see uh, Din get poked with a needle and get drained. So I think it it needs to feed off of blood or do something with the blood. I don't know. And th this is somehow how connected to the rise of Skywalker because he's taking the blood so he can clone, you know, the emperor. Mm -hmm. And then they can say somehow Palpatine returned. Now watch it be Tavisla. <laughs> it is very interesting. It's been how living down there. The these time. last few episodes have been of just all of Star Wars because it's yeah. been happening a lot in the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Like a lot. So for a second there, I was like, use the force bow. <laughs> Get that dark flavor. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, she uses the uh, the cable there to grab dark saber, which is fantastic. Get to see Bo in action. Yeah, she's using that like it's nothing. Like it weighs nothing. And, I, and that definitely shows you the big difference. Yeah. Um, that Din still has a long, a long way to go with it. 
And if you haven't seen Clone Wars Rebels, uh, you have no idea that she uh, spent a lot of time with uh, the Darksaber there. And a lot of practice with it. Knows how to wield it. And then, of course, every horror film, the killer is not dead until you really kill it. Remove the head. No double tap? Game Surprisingly, over. no. That doesn't happen. You would figure she would have stabbed it right in the eye. And that's why she's not worthy of the Darksaber. <laughs> there you go. It is great to get these action scenes, though. Yes. Yeah. Especially with the dark saber there. Yeah, yeah. Especially someone who knows how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the eye goes dark. We technically didn't see the eye like close. We just saw the light turned off. So maybe he lost power. So I thought we did see it close. I don't think so. It's too dark to see what happened. See, watch, watch, watch right here. Yeah, see, it it, it didn't close all the way. Okay, Mm. all right, points. (laughs) People's did dilate though. Looked a bit like all right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) At least the magic of the Mandalorian. So, yeah, Bo Katan talks about how Grogu is a. A lot stronger than he looks. And she's making something called Pog Soup. I think they had that in in, in the Clone Wars, I think, actually. Okay. And uh, Bo-Katan makes a comment, you've never had Pog Soup, that's what we were raised on. It's like, nope, I'm not from your place. And then she says the irony. And for a split second there, I thought he was going to take his helmet off, but uh, he's trying to redeem himself and of course Bo-Katan thinks he's crazy for wanting to go seek out those living waters and then Bo-Katan says I'll be your guide I will show you and it's interesting that Din Djarin brings up I, I owe a debt to you now so that might come into play later on she she can't just ask for the dark saber, so we know that one come into play, and and we know that he also was trying to join her as well. Yeah. Um, before she laid it all down, it was like, no, they're all mercenaries. Yeah. So the that is the entrance right there to the living waters. They go through it, and Bogotan gives a little speech about the living waters and they come across a plaque here and Bo-Katan says she hasn't been there since she was a child and she gives her spiel about the rituals and the customs and the beliefs that are hokey she also talks about her dad which that really threw me off because we haven't heard anything about the original king of uh, of Mandalore and and his rule so i thought i thought that was super super cool and i think that might kind of play out later we like might find out he's alive or something like that yeah i believe her dad was a duke right that would make uh, make sense with satine being the duchess yeah 
And then there's a little one-sided conversation again. Bo-Katan says, what are you looking at? Then we see the living waters for the first time, where Din will attempt to get baptized. And Bo-Katan so, makes a statement. These vines date back to the age of the first Mandalore. Here's my comment about the whole like oh it's this episode was was way too dark here's my question did did you expect them to have just a bunch of torches just lit all this time just in random spots like on the planet like of of course it's going to be dark there well, yeah then you would have had your indiana jones reference yeah boom <laughs> there you go there you go uh but i don't think it was that bad and i think if you have a good tv um, I, th I, I think if you're not watching it like in pure daylight, I think you're fine. Yeah. If you have a good TV, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, if you weren't watching it in the daytime, which most people were, I guess, uh, it was pretty good in the straight sunlight, <laughs> close the blinds. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> so she says, according to ancient folklore, Mandalore, the greatest said to have tamed the mythical beast. It is from these legends that the skull signet was adopted and became the symbol of our planet. Of course, it's the classic mythosaur symbol that we see on the Boba Fett armor for the very first time. And Din Djarin starts to disrobe somewhat. Leaves on the heaviest pieces that he wears. Okay, I want to talk about this because I was confused. Because... Do you think he just fell down, or do you think he got dragged down? Just fell off the edge. Oh, okay. Fell. Walking yeah. forward. Because I, I honestly feel like this was always going to be like a living water, little kind of like ritual piece, and then it just kind of collapsed over the years. And he's walking forward down through steps, yeah. and then it goes straight down, and he wasn't expecting it. Mob rules things. Christopher Lloyd pulled him down. No, no That would be no. cool. <laughs> that would be <laughs> cool. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is just wearing like scuba gear. It's just like, ah, <laughs> oh yeah, my him, god, him great Scott! His father would be sick. Yeah, um, Mob Rules is saying that. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Lloyd being the father of Bo would be cool. That would be a twist. So yeah, he goes, bloop, straight down. Yep, and and there's nothing he could have really done because of his armor is just holding him down. So it's like, oh shoot. Yeah. That would be terrifying. That honestly would be terrifying. And then just seeing <laughs> her just diving down and just seeing everything that, that he probably hit on the way down would have been like, oh, crap. Yeah. But we now know. Oh, okay. I see. Is is is, is this the part where, where they're talking about where it's way too dark? Because it's pitch black. <laughs> There's a little bit of light there. I think it's meant to be pitch black because, I mean, it's the very deep bottom of a lake. Come on, Josh. It was funny. And Bo turns off her light so she could see the light from Dinjarin's helmet. Picks him up. And there's nothing else interesting. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> I jumped off my couch. I was so pumped. <laughs> Like, look at Once that. You see that horn. Yeah, <laughs> I was eyeball. like, no way. I love her reaction. <gasps> Just... <gasps> wow. 
I wonder how big it actually is. Average, average size. Average I, size meant the story, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I want to see them like just kind of taming the taming the mythosaur and then they it's grow job. Yeah, funny. that'd actually be pretty funny. Of of just seeing them ride it is is just gonna be sick because I just kind of feeling like that will definitely you know come in later, but um, I don't think we've seen them like actually full out, right? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like, have uh, we seen I think there's them? like interpretive drawings of them. Okay. And then people mistake certain drawings of Mandalorians writing other creatures as right. well as the Mythosaur. We've seen that a lot. And then there was that possible ride maybe at Galaxy's Edge too. Or was that artwork that came out where it looked almost like a junior mythosaur type I creature? I don't think it was a. Uh, I thought it was like a little bantha. Yeah, because yeah. the fur was, I believe, the fur was white on it, and it was like kind of like the camel rides. That was a different creature I'm referring to. Oh. There, there's there's a very popular drawing out there of Din Djarin riding a creature with tusks. Oh. Don't. Yeah, I'll find it later. Show you guys. But yeah. Um. Revocraft says his best card was too heavy, but honestly, I think he was pulled. It did look like he was pulled by something. He just like went completely down. Um, I just wasn't expecting that because I like I I mean, if he was pulled, then it's like then what pulled him? Because when you get down there, it does look like it was just his armor was heavy. But it it definitely does it does look like he got pulled. Yes, definitely. Uh, I agree with uh, RevoCraft here. Don't forget to smash the like button and subscribe if you can. So yeah, this was directed by Rachel Morrison, who is not a director. She uh, is a cinematographer, primarily. I think this is like pretty much her first big directing thing. She uh, was uh, Rick Famuyiwa's DP on Dope, and she was the uh, DP on Black Panther as well. So she's got a lot of ties to a lot of people that are associated with the Mandalorian. And she did a terrific job. Everyone was like, who directed this? And yeah, it was Rachel Morrison. So give her her props. Everyone except for uh, IGN. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Directed I... by, or written by John Favreau, executive producers, Favreau Filoni. I loved this episode. I thought this episode yeah. was, was great for just learning more of the history of the planet. We even learned about her dad. We like, I mean, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about the culture and history of, of this planet and, and the people. So I'm excited to see what happens in the next episode. I got a feeling um, that we'll get that shot from the trailer of where, of where we're in Bogotan's ship and they're getting chased um by the tie fighters because that looks like that happens like on her planet so 
I could definitely see that happening. Um, what are we thinking that will happen in the next episode? Just kind of. A lot of people are thinking it's going to pick up right after they see the Mythosaur. And they I hope so. That would be cool. I reckon maybe in the next episode we'll probably have the pirates coming back, maybe tracking him somehow. Right, right, because we do. Yeah, we do see the trailer where there's Tie Fighters chasing the Gauntlet. But it looks like that's Kalavala though that they're chasing them on. So, no clue. But yeah, it's it's about time to get a Imperial presence in this season. See who our overarching enemy is going to be besides pirates, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, we know Giancarlo Esposito is in this season, so. And we still haven't been a course on either. Yeah. Please be thrown. Maybe it's a whole like breakout episode. That would be interesting. I I I did want to do one comparison um from from this to the Clone Wars. This episode reminded me of the one of where Maze Windu and Anakin were trapped after uh after Boba tried killing um, uh, Mace Windu, and then he, they had to send R2-D2 back to Coruscant to the Jedi Council to bring, like, a, they had to bring a battalion to go and save them. The part where Grogu leaves the planet and hops on Mando's ship and, 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 and goes to Bo is what that reminded me of. Which a lot of people aren't talking about that. But I think that's, like, the biggest comparison. Of the whole situation. Which Dave Filoni also worked on that too. So. so what do you guys rate this episode? Josh? Hmm. For me, I'm, I'm going to say it's it, it's an 8. It's probably an 8 for me. Um, yeah, I, I, it's still... I don't think we're on our full kind of pathway objective as of just yet for the whole season. Um, but... I feel like this is again just a really big setup episode talking more about the history and the lore of Mandalore. Uh, I feel like this whole season is going to break down into getting everyone of all the Mandalorians to work together again. But I don't know what the main goal is going to be as of just yet. Because originally we thought it was just to retake Mandalore. And now we see that Mandalore really is destroyed. Um, but there's some living things on, on it. So it's going to be interesting to see where they're going with it. Yeah. Uh, I thought the episode was great. Um, I'm with Josh. Uh, again, I love the whole, like, we got so much world building. We got more history of the planet. Uh, I can't wait to see what's in store. Seeing, seeing the, seeing the mythosaur is huge. Like that is definitely going to be part of the plot. And I think that's, what's going to unite the, like of all the Mandalorians. And I think that's where the clans will, you know, stop being like, you know, kind of having their own small spats here and there. I think that's going to what I to me, that's what's probably going to um, just unite all of them. Um, And I would love to see that, you know, down the line of where they end up fighting Thrawn and you just kind of see like that big Avengers Endgame moment. And and some of them are like with the mythosaur i think that would be crazy 
Um, and just oh, seeing... you want another boba moment, <laughs> the whole no. rancor thing, but just like upscaled. Yes, yes. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I uh, I I'd probably rank this one a seven out of ten. Yeah. Ben, for me, I I would have to give this honestly a, a solid nine. Um, it was pretty much everything I wanted from uh from the mandalorian especially after that first episode just sort of went right into it i wasn't expecting to to sort of get to this point i was i was thinking maybe you know episode four five six somewhere down the line is where we would have sort of ended up here um but yeah i reckon character design creature design sorry uh was on point for me uh and pacing everything lighting was on point um you know i just i thought it was amazing overall uh, so David, is this the shot you were talking about? No, he's no. had it up on screen right now. I already had it up on screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is a uh, Mando and Grogu catching crooks riding a mythosaur fan concept. So this is an official, but this is not what the mythosaur really looks like. <laughs> but this is kind of a popular shot that's always kind of shared between people. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out, and I think models already saw it. The Zor looks like just naturally is going to be pretty interesting. Do you think that thing eats like meat, or is it just like a herbivore plant thing? I just kind of figured it was some type of some some type of dragon, like well, because every time we see in the skull, the front teeth are like the plant eater teeth. They've never been like sharp. It's only the tusks on the side that are sharp. So I've always kind of been like, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's something that's. Because they, they always would say, like, they always r- rode them and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah. so they're not like, you know, I'm going to eat you kind of beasts. But we'll, we'll, I wonder what it will be. Yeah, that's what I've always thought yeah. of it as. Yeah, it seems like no one has really come up with a solid design, uh, fan art-wise, of, of what the Mythosaur actually looks like. Because we like. had it in EU. Yeah. But I'm just wondering what they'll end up doing with it. Yeah, I, I always kind of figured it was maybe more of a stylized choice for the signet, more so than the actual anatomy of the creature. But it feels like in the Mandalorian, it's the actual anatomy that we see for the actual signet. So it's something now Lucasfilm official. And yeah, hopefully we see it uh, wreak havoc. And I think the common perception is Grogu is going to tame it, talk to it with the force tell it we're the good guys and then din jarn's gonna ride it i uh man it's it's gonna be so weird just seeing it like in its like normal form and not a skull um because of we haven't seen that in live action uh and that's the and, and again this means a lot to mandalore this means a lot to the mandalorians this is probably what will unite them uh, in, in, in in my opinion. And that's going to be important, like, for sure, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, all mm-hmm. that Din has to do now is figure out how to use the, the Darksaber proficiently, as proficient as Bo-Katan. He'll have the Darksaber. He'll be able to ride the Mythosaur, unite all the clans, go up against the Empire, draw the Empire back in, and just yeah. fight them on their own turf. 
hopefully we get to see it. Yeah, whereas it, it's like the the religious aspect of um, like uh, all of Mando's side is like the the Mythosaur is just such a, a symbol for them, whereas you have Bo-Katan with the dark saber. So I think both of yeah. them coming together would be great. Yeah, Rebel Craft is like kind of thinking the opposite here. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see it again, and its only purpose was to convert Bo-Katan. I think we're going to get the Mythosaur again. I, I don't think they're going to show something that big and that monumental without us getting kind of a bigger payoff. <laughs> but um, you never know. It is a TV show. They might have front-loaded the budget for the first few episodes, and then we get nothing but volume stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to teach Grogu how to speak in, in that school. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think so. Teaching I, Grogu I think... how to program the volume. <laughs> how many episodes so, yeah. are we getting eight eight this season interesting we are getting the last episode of the bad batch on the 29th i believe yeah um of march is the last episode of the bad batch on the 29th and then we get the last three episodes on the 5th the 12th and then the last week after that and then there's speculation that they'll show the episode um the seventh episode to the people who go to Star Wars Celebration. They're going to show the seventh episode and the eighth episode to us at Celebration. That's not confirmed. Don't like say it is. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, speak it into existence. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, follow my yes. lead here. Come oh, on. Okay, yes. They that will show the 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 season finale of The Mandalorian at Star Wars Celebration to the people that exclusively <laughs> go to the panel. And it's going to be great. It's, it's, it's going to be fantastic. And they will definitely do that there, David. <laughs> Was that convincing enough? <laughs> I'll take it. Just I'll for us, though. It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So just the Star Stuff podcast, which I still can't believe that it's, it's just a, it's, it is right around the corner. Star Celebration is right around the corner. And I don't think it's really hit me yet. I don't think it will until Josh and I are, are, at the airport and and getting on onto the plane, I'm thinking, I'll be like, "All right, cool, it's happening. This is it. <sighs> cool. It's gonna hit me when the alcohol does." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well yeah, uh, can't wait for next week's episode. And then in about an hour, we're gonna record the new episode of the Bad Batch. So if you're watching on YouTube and all live streaming platforms. Stay tuned for 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And then look for all of our uh, episodes on all podcast streaming platforms starting tomorrow. So, yeah. Folks, Exciting also, stuff. Follow us on Instagram. Ooh. Our podcast. Ooh. Twitter. Kill them. At Stuff Pod. Also, we are on Patreon. Ooh. For exclusive content. Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. We also have a TikTok. Just search up Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Also an email address, Star Wars Stuff Podcast Ooh. at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We have a page. We have a group. And if you're uh, so inclined, you can say how awesome I am on uh, Apple Podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and give us that, five stars. Because that's what it's all about. Daddy it's all about David. David. Exactly. <laughs> also Daddy on Spotify. David. And everywhere you get great podcasts. Oh, oh man. 
this is a great time to be um this honestly is a great year to be a star wars fan and then in april we're getting jedi survivor we're getting the last couple episodes of the mandalorian um match of the skull unlike legends is so refreshing and awesome yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm I again I'm really curious on how it will look when we actually see it like in its full live action f- normal form and not just a skull. I think that will definitely throw me off because we've been seeing that symbol like of the mythosaur since 1980. Uh and now seeing it in live action is gonna be very, very interesting. Feels like it's gonna be almost like Balrog size, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be great when we see that. Mm-hmm. And for Josh, Ben, Colin, my name is David. May the force be with you. Always.